Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. My goal, first and foremost, has always been to find people to serve on the court who believe in the Constitution as it's written. And that's really ultimately what drives the conservative legal movement. You want judges on the court who understand that the best way to preserve freedom and dignity and prosperity in this country is to have people who are going to interpret the Constitution as it's written and not play politics when they're judges. Are you confident that anyone the president nominates tomorrow night can get confirmed before the midterms that, they're, they're, that the Democrats would not be able to hold up the nomination until after the midterms? I'm very confident with this president's enthusiasm and with Leader McConnell's enthusiasm that they can get anybody confirmed. Welcome to Stacy on the Ride here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, if you're coming over from the live streams that are not going on today, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to all the listeners in Terrestrial Radio Land. Uh, happy Monday to you. It's been a great weekend. It's been super hot here in Missouri. And I know across the country, everyone's experiencing a little bit of different weather, but mostly the summertime. So I hope you guys are enjoying all of that. And um, yeah. So we are working on some super fun things over here at Stacy on the Right, and we're excited to be with you today, excited to be on the air. Head over to StacyOnTheRight.com, also UrbanFamilyTalk.com, where we're having our conference August 17th and 18th, August 17th and 18th, and that weekend is going to be very special, very, very exciting, and we're going to have so much great content for you on marriage and family, and we are really looking forward to meeting you there and shaking your hand if you're able to be in Tupelo for that event. So register at UrbanFamilyTalk.com. So today on the show, we have uh, the impending doom. If you have, you know, your water bottle or, 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 or anything like if you like popcorn or brownies or whatever your treat of choice is, get some and, and engage because guess what? The world is ending tonight. I know you've heard this before. You've been told the world is going to end. The world is going to stop. The, the earth will stop rotating on its axis because net neutrality is going to end. But yet we persisted and we survived. You've also heard that maybe that you might die the day after Donald Trump was inaugurated, yet you survived. And so, so many of us have become, we're battle-hardened and we're tested and we, we know what's going on because we survived those apocalyptic events. And now the true apocalypse is upon us because Donald Trump will tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern announce his chosen pick for the replacement of Justice Antonin, no, not Scalia, Justice Kennedy, Justice Kennedy. So. Kennedy will be replaced by whoever President Trump chooses. And when that happens, I'm telling you, when that happens, the world will end. At least that's what they say over at CNN. <laughs> I'm expecting to keep going after this. So tonight's the announcement. The president's going to uh, go on television across the world. The known universe will be listening. And um, if you're, what's going to be fun to do is, I don't know about you guys, but I was actually thinking of trying to wrestle some people together and watch it at a sports bar just so we can experience it, you know, like it's a true event. Uh, but can't come either near or nor there. It will be announced. It will probably be live streamed all over YouTube and you can probably get your periscope of it on Twitter and it's just going to be great. Um, I might even do a live stream from my phone here um, to the show. Just, you know, just, hey, let's see what's going on. Um, but there's that. So we'll be discussing that. And you just heard Leonard Leo talking about the SCOTUS process. Today's guests are Diamond and Silk. They'll be with us at the bottom of this first hour. And then second hour, we're going to speak to Ariel Davidson from the Hoover Foundation. She's a favorite here on the show. We love talking to her. It's going to be great to chat with her again. 
about the Supreme Court picks. Um, over the weekend, there were some changes. I was having trouble keeping up with it all because everything's so fluid. Um, still people from the list, but there have been a lot of recommendations made by this one and that one. President Trump's sister, who's a Supreme Court justice in the state of New York. All these different people are making their, their opinions known. And so we're having to figure out what to do or, well, not us. I mean, it's President Trump and his, his team are looking at all of these different options. And so we'll be talking about that as well. Um, I just have to say, um, I just think that there's really not a winning strategy here. And we'll have some audio later of uh, Dennis Miller talking about the one mistake he thinks that Mitch McConnell is making in not going to a simple majority uh, on, the, on the Senate votes. And that's because we need to get legislation pushed through. And there still is a significant opportunity. There's a chance that we might not have uh, the uh, Senate after the, the, after the midterms. I, I don't think the Democrats are going to take back the House, but anything's possible. So, I mean, you know, we have to look at that. And I do think the senior, if they took away that, that filibuster option and they just made it a simple majority rule vote, as they've done with the Supreme Court nominations, that that would give the opportunity for us to get some important legislation through and continue to help the American people. And by we, I just mean conservatives in Congress. Obviously, I'm not in Congress, so maybe I should say they. <laughs> so um, right now, I want to talk about this one little audio bite from uh, Alan Dershowitz. So the subject is the perjury trap. So apparently there isn't anything of consequence, at least not yet. Nothing's been announced. There have been no indictments. Uh, there's been nothing talked about with Donald Trump. And it looks also like we're not going to have the opportunity to, um, or at least they're not going to have the opportunity to have Donald Trump in for an interview with Robert Mueller. And the reason is because of this so-called perjury trap. So let's listen to number five. Let's give some analysis now from our legal panel, Alan Dershowitz, professor of matters at Harvard Law School, also author of the new book, The Case Against Impeaching Trump, that comes out tomorrow, and Asha Rangappa, former FBI special agent in New York, now a senior lecturer at Yale's Jackson Institute for Global Affairs and an analyst with CNN. Welcome to you both. You. And Alan, let me give, begin with you. Interesting mixed message there from Rudy Giuliani. Nothing to worry about from Robert Mueller, yet the scorched earth against his team continues. Yeah, because... There is something to worry about, obviously. In the end, if the president sits down with Mueller, <clears throat> he may be walking into a perjury trap. If he is unwilling to sit down, he may be subpoenaed. Then probably there'll be a year or so of litigation. But in the end, probably he'll have to appear in front of a grand jury. His great vulnerability is a perjury trap, a perjury rap, because as I argue in my book, you need to commit a crime to be impeached. And if he's committed previous crimes, there's no evidence of that. That won't work. But if he commits the crime of perjury, he's in Clinton land. So Alan Dershowitz is saying there that it's, it's his estimation. I know. So it's his estimation that um, there's no way for Mueller to entrap the president on previous acts, previous bad acts, because there aren't any. So without any previous bad acts, there's this issue. And the issue is he wants to bring him in because that's how they got Bill Clinton. So it's basically the Clinton perjury trap. Uh, and it's thusly termed because Bill Clinton actually hadn't committed a crime by having an affair with someone, in, uh, an intern in the Oval Office. It wasn't actually against the law for him to do that. What actually ensnared him was that he lied about it. Had he not lied about it, there wouldn't have been an impeachment process. So 
the, the idea here is that Mueller would sit down with Donald Trump and there would be no way that he could actually not perjure himself based on the questions that Mueller would ask. Now, that sounds kind of crazy because you would think just go in and tell the truth. But this isn't about the truth. It's about legal jeopardy. So that's why the president doesn't want to sit down with Mueller. And it looks like he's not going to. But then that means there are other steps that they might take. I'm actually, I'm so over this. To be honest with you, I'm so over with it. I'm, I'm like, of all the things in the world that are going on right now, I mean, you got the little boys trapped in Thailand, which is a national story. Everybody's been watching that. You've got natural disasters. You've got wildfires set by illegal immigrants. You have, you know, states that are in financial peril because their budgets are busted. And you have people all over the country really... We're at each other's throats, fighting like cats and dogs over the political process, not really behaving like Americans. And one thing that I noticed about that story, when I, when I bring that story up, it's not, I mean, obviously, I, I pray for those boys to, to be complete, all of them to be rescued and also their coach. But what you see in that Thailand story is you see people from all over the world have converged upon this tiny island for these boys. And they're not famous boys. Their parents aren't famous. They don't have any money. They aren't anybody in particular. But they're kids and they're trapped in this cave and everyone is so intent on seeing them rescued. And that's what really, that this, this is the discussion. And so when I talk about uh, what's happening there and then I co- contrast it with what's going on here in America where we're fighting over politics, it's like Americans and people from different countries that we may not be on the best of terms have all put down whatever our differences are to get over there and help. And they're helping because there's kids on the line and, and you, you want to help because it's kids. I don't want to see us have to have some kind of natural disaster or terrible thing happen here in America before we can all admit that these political differences that we have, they're important, but they're not more important than us treating each other kindly and with respect. And I don't see that happening. Over the weekend, Mitch McConnell was chased down the road. We know where you live. You know, a bunch of very burly protesters were threatening him and threatening to, you know, we'll, we'll come to your house. Really, guys? Really? Uh, the other story that I thought was, I mean, this, this one is fascinating in and of itself because of its weirdness. You've got this former Hillary advisor, and uh, he's tweeting out because of something that happened at a bookstore. So first of all, I'm going to say the name of this bookstore. There are many bookstores across the country with the same name. So this is not a call for anyone to visit this bookstore, call them, do anything. Oh, update, they've all been rescued. Yes, that's good news. That's what happens when people pull together regardless of their differences. Anyway, um, so it's Steve Bannon. Now, you could call him a white supremacist or some alt-right person, but he's still a human being. He's at a bookstore in Virginia near where he lives. You've got this woman who is just a regular American chick. She sees him standing there reading a book in the bookstore, and she starts yelling at him. So the bookstore owner comes over and says, please leave. In other words, you can't be in here yelling. I don't care what you're yelling about. You have to go. He had every right to ask her to leave. But she said she was calling him a piece of trash. The owner asked her to leave. She said, no, I will not leave. I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to yell at him. So the owner said, if you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. She said, I'm not leaving. So he goes over to the phone, picks it up and calls the cops. The cops are now en route. She sees the owner calling the police and then she leaves. Now, here's where the story gets weird. 
I mean, that's weird enough. Come on, let's face it. That's weird. Here's where it gets super, super weird. You've got, uh, what's his name? Philip Rines. Philip Rines used to work for um, Hillary Clinton as an advisor. So he's a public figure. He has a blue check mark on Twitter. He's, you know, someone who, if you know anything about Clinton world, he's, he's, a, he's a player. He tweets out the story. A woman saw Steve Bannon in a Virginia bookstore, and she took the opportunity to call him a piece of trash, and Nick Cook called the police, and then he puts Black Swan Books and the address on Twitter. In other words, an invitation for people who are crazy to go over there and be mean to this, this bookstore owner when he had every right to do that. And to be clear, the Black Swan book owner actually said, I would do this no matter who was yelling at who. Everyone has a right to just look at books. So he would have done it had it been Hillary Clinton looking at a book and someone started yelling at her who was a Republican. He would have said, leave or I'm going to call the cops. So he's not he's not even taking a political stance. We don't know if this guy is a Republican or a Democrat. We don't know anything about his politics. We just know he's a business owner and he doesn't want people in his store yelling. So why would this guy who is a public figure with a blue check mark, Philip Rines, invite individuals to contact this private citizen who happens to own his own company? So the Daily Caller, I mean, all, all of the websites on the right picked this story up because of how heinous it is and the implication. The implication here is that if people don't like your politics, they have the right to rudely accost you in public. And if someone says, you can't do that in my business, then that person gets to get rudely accosted. You know, it, it's like a chain that, that just never stops, like dominoes falling. You just have to wait until the last one falls. That's not right. It's not American. And so this is what we keep seeing. And, and I want to also caution people who, you know, th- this is a Christian program. We're on Christian radio. I want to caution you guys about the, you know, the, the Bible says, you know, be, you reap what you sow. For people who are out there sowing this kind of negative behavior and dissension and obvious animus towards other individuals, what do you think you're going to get back out of that? Do you not believe what the Bible says about reaping what you sow? You're going to get that back. That's an evergreen principle. It goes for the Christians. It goes for the non-believers. Don't do it. Resist the temptation to accost people in public because of their politics. All right. We get back. We'll have more for you here on Stacey on the Right. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You know, I'm reading through the Old Testament now, and I'm coming to places that are named that I see on our Israel tour every March. It's really fascinating to think that Jericho existed way back in the Old Testament thousands of years ago, and I can visit there today. The same can be said for Jerusalem. The Bible literally comes to life when you visit Israel, the Holy Land. 
Now, we're going in March. My wife, Allison, and I, we lead these tours every March. So if you would like to go with us, you need to go to the website and check it out. It's twholyland.com, twholyland.com. If you want a brochure sent to your mailbox, just call us at 800-FAMILIES, option 5. That's 800-F-A-M-I-L-I-E-S, option 5, and we'll send you a brochure. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. I.N. Hersey Alley begins her commentary with these words. I was a Muslim refugee once. I know what it's like. She was en route to Canada to consummate a marriage arranged against her will by her father. At the Frankfurt airport, she fled to the Netherlands. There she learned Dutch and received a master's degree in political science before coming to America. Now, she has worked as an interpreter for abused Muslim women and also understands the Muslim refugee experience. And in the course of working with Muslim communities, she has found four different types of Muslim immigrant. Adapters, menaces, coasters, and fanatics. Many Muslim immigrants have adapted over time by adopting the core values of Western democracies. These Muslims have become great U.S. citizens and are the type of people we want to welcome to our country. Now, the second group are mostly young men who she says are menaces in their homes and outside in public. They've been subjected to domestic violence and go on to commit it themselves. Coasters are a third group of Muslim immigrants. They usually have little or no formal education and will thankfully accept welfare and live off it and also invite their families from abroad to join them on the welfare rolls. Finally, there are the fanatics. Those use the freedom of the countries that gave them sanctuary to spread an uncompromising practice of Islam. These immigrants are certainly the group we want to keep out of America. Her analysis of Muslim immigrants is necessary for our discussion of immigration. We cannot just assume that all Muslim immigrants will perfectly adapt to the American culture and adopt Western values. Nor should we assume that all Muslims are fanatics. We need to find a way to welcome adapters, but also exclude those who won't contribute to this country. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. Take Kirby and the Point of View team with you on the go with the Point of View app. Search for Point of View Radio at the Apple or Google Play stores. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on Urban Family Talk. And I'll take Russia meddling for a thousand, Alex. Only the smartest of the smart get to be on Jeopardy, right? So what does this little exchange last night say about the nation's focus, or lack thereof, on the whole Mueller-Russia meddling and collusion investigation? In 2017, this ex-national security advisor pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. Suzanne. Who's Kelly? No. Steve. Who's Gorka? No. I would bomb on Jeopardy, but I'd get that one right. The answer? Who is Michael Flynn? Ah, uh, so what was the shock and awe there? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right, uh, here at Urban Family Talk and American Family Radio. Thanks for being with us today. Happy Monday to you. Um, we are going to have Diamond Silk with us in just about five or six minutes, and I'm really, really, really excited about that. Um, if you are having trouble catching the feed at UrbanFamilyTalk.com, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, I'm live streaming from my phone because we have camera issues, so it's just like a total, it's like crazy. It's crazy pants. Um, and so I, I also want to point out that with I'm streaming from my phone, you will not be able to hear interviews if you're not listening on one of the uh, channels. So you have to be at urbanfamilytalk.com and hit the listen button um, or be listening on terrestrial radio on one of our Urban Family Talk terrestrial stations. So 
Uh, sorry about that, but that's the situation we're dealing with here today. Um, so no audio for people on the Facebook stream. Now, what you just heard there is the CNN host. He's upset because he's playing a clip of Jeopardy. And on Jeopardy, one of the questions was about the Mueller investigation. Someone was um, actually uh, on, the, on the, the question, basically is asking about who had to resign. And the, the three people who were on the show, the contestants, who are, you know, ob obviously to get on Jeopardy, you have to be kind of almost a genius. That They're the smartest people in America. They know the most facts. And they didn't, they, got, they all three got the answer wrong. They didn't know the answer. And this CNN host is like totally perplexed by it. He's like, oh, I can't believe they didn't know the answer to that question. It just goes to show you that um, I couldn't, I guess, I guess we couldn't, we can't count on the American people to be informed about this. And so first of all, Liberals have really overestimated the interest of the American people in this Russia collusion story. They were very, very, very interested in the beginning, right? All of us were. We were like, could he have colluded? Like, are you saying they materially impacted the election? Now we know differently. Now we know differently. So the question is, if we, and, and this is a different thing. Like, if you're listening to political talk radio, then you're much more interested in politics than you are, say, if you're listening to sports radio or something like that. But you're kind of the tip of the spear, aren't you? So you got your radio hosts, your pundits, politicians, et cetera. We're all very interested in, well, really in seeing the, the investigation end. But definitely, you know, uh, on, on the, it, it's, it's, it's an issue for people who are politically interested. But for most Americans, they tuned out months ago. I mean, we're talking months ago, because what is this? This is July, and I think most Americans tuned out starting at the beginning of the year. They were waiting in January and February for there to be some kind of indictments or something like that. And when the only people who've been indicted are Russians, then people kind of said, well, I guess really there's nothing against Donald Trump. And as the tax reform package began to take hold and as states began to enact lower uh, utility bills, low, you know, their different individual companies started giving back all of these bonuses and rebates, then that's when you start to see the American people really just kind of, well, I mean, you know, there's no news. So they'll pay attention when there's some real news. But until then, there's just nothing. So why is the CNN host so shocked? I just, I couldn't even begin to tell you. I really wish I could tell you why he was so surprised uh, that Americans who are super smart and are almost geniuses know all of the inane details about every fact and every every topical subject matter don't care anything about the Russia collusion investigation. So, you know, just enhance your calm, CNN dude. Enhance your calm. Um, so at this point, now we're going to do a, a little bit of news rundown from the weekend. And I... Again, I don't know if you guys are on Instagram. I don't know if you guys saw, but this was kind of a funny thing that I saw on Instagram over the weekend. Uh, somebody had a video up of the Clintons flying in coach. Now, I never laugh at that kind of stuff because uh, material change in circumstances can happen to anybody, but the video wasn't really about them being in coach. They had books and stuff with them and they were engrossed in their books and everything and they didn't have a huge group of people with them. Um, I believe they had a Secret Service agent, but that's that's about it. And they flew in coach and they went from one location to the next like regular people. 
And so it was noted because the Clintons normally travel by private plane. So you've got that. Um, they, they flew commercial. It made Drudge Report. So that was pretty funny. Um, and I mean, funny, ironic, not funny, haha. And then the other thing that is going on overseas is obviously it's been announced that the president is going to go to um, he's going to go to Great Britain. He's going to visit with Theresa May. They've set up an elaborate uh, travel schedule for him that will help him to avoid the protesters who are planning on being really, really rude and obnoxious while he's there. And on top of that news, but not related to it, not connected to it at all. You have the Brexit dream is dying, as reported by The Sun. Boris Johnson is slamming Theresa May and saying that Britain is waving a white flag on Brexit, and he's resigned. Now, what's super important about this? Well, he's a part of her coalition government, and so she's on her last legs, and he's not the only one who's resigned. Um, David Davis has resigned. So she's facing a leadership challenge from leave-backing MPs who are furious at the soft Brexit plan that was agreed to at the ca- by the cabinet. So remember, Brexit was a big issue for them. They want to leave the European Union. They want their national sovereignty back. They want to be in control of their borders. And I got to tell you, this is an upset that is like this is heard around the world, really. The Boris Johnson actually had video of him writing his resignation letter and he's released that. I mean, he's released images. Um, and here are the latest updates. You've got David Davis insisting he would never back the prime minister's plans for Brexit, which were agreed to. So they feel like she's not, she's not advocating on behalf of the British people. And Boris Johnson followed him out of the government 15 hours later. But these resignations are not them leaving the entirety of the government, it's them leaving her government, which means she's going to have find herself facing a challenge. So we'll get into more of that uh, after this. But right now, it's my pleasure to welcome social media phenoms and fantastic Christian, God-fearing, and ever so straight-talking women, Diamond and Silk, to the program. It's always a pleasure to get to speak to them. Thank you so much for joining in today. Wow, thank, thank you, you so thank much you for having us. You sound a little low, Stacey. Oh, low? Yeah, Audio-wise? you a little bit low. I can't hardly hear you. Oh, okay. Well, let me speak into this microphone a little bit more because I need you guys to be able to hear me because I have so many questions for you, starting with the Supreme <laughs> Court, right? What is going okay. on with that? Like, tonight's the announcement. The president's going to come out swinging with his pick. Who do you guys think he might choose? You know what? I don't know who he's going to pick, um, but, you know, all, all, all of them, listen, they sound like that they uphold conservative views. They sound like they will uphold our Constitution, and that's what we want. We want someone that's going to uphold the Constitution, mm-hmm. and so I think either one of them will be a great pick. That's right. They are already on the pre-approved list, so yeah, either <laughs> one would do. I love it. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I I honestly think that the entire list is good. And I know some people are writing, you know, in the Daily Caller and other places about this one being better than that one. But they're all Heritage Foundation and um, Federalist Society approved. So all all good there. So let's let's pivot over. And I know you guys have been covering this, but I have to hear what you have to say about this new thing that's going on, which is. Democrats. 
out in public, most recently, uh, you know, Mr. Bannon at a bookstore, they're yelling at people and, and running them out of restaurants, chasing them down the street. Do you think this helps them at the midterms? Oh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, people used to be harassed and discriminated against based on the color of their skin. Now today, it's based on the color of their uh, politics and all being done by liberals, left-leaning liberals who happen to be Democrats. Listen, this doesn't help Democrats. The Democrats don't have a message. They have a mess. Um, they want to keep pushing this resist exit, uh, agenda mm-hmm. so that America can no longer exist. Yeah. These are the things that they want to do, and this is why we're telling people, you know, there's a campaign out there called Walk Away. We're telling you to run and run like hell. That's Just right. get, get away from these get people. Away. We don't need a country that is full of hate, that is full of divisiveness. We don't need anyone telling anyone to, to attack other Americans mm-hmm. because they don't like their political agenda or their political uh, philosophy or ideology. Um, and so we have to take a look. We have to draw the line in the sand because clearly the Democrats have drawn a line in the sand. They've already pretty much shown people that they don't work for the American people. They work for illegal aliens and MS-13 gang members. So they don't work for Americans in the first place, even though Americans voted them in. So it's, if they don't draw a line in the sand, it's time for us to draw a line in the sand. It's time for us to vote these people out. Okay, so that's that's my uh, you you just encapsulated the whole message I've been saying here on the show, which is, you know, pay attention to what people you want to vote for are actually putting mm-hmm. forward. And so Maxine Waters is leading this charge. It, it's so bad that even Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi had to say, oh, OK, pump the brakes. We, we don't mean to go that far, but it's too late. They've already lost their party to the socialists because you have that Ocasio Cortez up in New York winning her seat. Mm-hmm. People are ready for something more radical from the Democrats because that's what they've been promising. So how do the Republicans get their messaging right going into 2018? Because I, I feel like they have the wind at their backs, but I don't want them to mess it up. Well, the, uh, what you have to do is, first of all, you have to... First of all, open your arms, because keep in mind now, Republicans, there are some people in our party, in the Republican Party, that uh, are what we call the deep snake, deep snake snakes, excuse mm-hmm. me, <laughs> thank you, Phil, and I'm watching them, because if you don't have our president's uh, back, if you don't have his agenda in mind, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. That means you're not pushing what the American people want. You have to look at how many people got out and voted for this man and really want, like, to build the wall. So I think with the Republican Party, what they need to continue to do is embrace change. That's embrace right. that there's new faces in the Republican Party. It's no longer the party that used to be. It's, it's, it's a little bit different now, because you're seeing all kinds of people from the left coming over to this party, because they want right. something different. They like the fact that this here president is bringing, putting more money in people's pockets, mm-hmm. um, creating opportunity for people, here economic opportunity, yeah. cutting back regulations. So these are the things that these people like. So what the Republican Party has to keep doing is embracing change mm-hmm. and welcoming people in, That's welcoming right. people. And don't, don't act standoffish because oftentimes some of the older conservatives that's been in the party for so long, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, we don't like the Trump Republicans. Mm-hmm. Well, it shouldn't be like that. It should be no no little I big you. It should be okay. You all, we are on here. We're following the president's agenda. This is what we want. So let's push this right here. That's right. Okay. So yes, yes to what you just said. Yes. I, I, what I'm trying to do now is it, I think there's the nugget of what you just said is can we just get together on something real quick? Like 
in the midterms, mm-hmm. there's not going to be a space for us to say kind of Republican, all the way Republican, you know, country club Republican, populist Republican, Trump Republican. There's just going to be Republicans and Democrats. And there's going to be right, an yeah. opportunity to make a decision that is impactful because there are more things on the president's agenda that need to be taken care of. He's made promises right. and we Absolutely. want him to follow through. So let's talk about this immigration thing. I understand mm-hmm. what the president was doing with the zero tolerance policy. And I am not, I, I'm, I, I can't get sucked into this emotional discussion about whose fault it is. If you bring your kid to this border illegally, then it's kind of your fault what happens once you get over the border. I, I'm saying right. I, mm-hmm. I can't be sucked into this emotional discussion. How does the president handle this now? You guys, you, you're right in there with him. You go to the White House. You are, are able to communicate with him. What is, where, where do you see this going? The immigration issue is his signature piece. What is he going to do now? Well, I think that the president should continue to follow the law. Now, we have to remember that this is the same law that Obama followed. Mm-hmm. Obama had children locked up in cages wrapped in foils, and nobody from the left said anything about that. So the president has to continue to follow the law. And what people have to understand, stop being so emotionally. And yeah. take a look at this here. If these people are seeking asylum, there's something called ports of entry that they should go to. Mm-hmm. But when you just cross our borders illegally, now you're committing a crime, okay? okay. And, and another thing, let me just point this here out. Whenever you just send your child mm-hmm. and you don't have any kind of, you, you, just, you just send them and, and expect for everything to work out well, then that falls on the parents. Okay. Because we mm-hmm. as Americans, we can't just send our child somewhere. That's child endangerment, child abandonment, yes. child abuse, and we're in trouble for that. And it's also child neglect. And when an American commits a crime, they are given three hots and a cop behind a locked cell block after they've taken their mud shot. And guess what? Their children can't be in jail with them. Mm-hmm. So that is the law. Mm-hmm. And it's time for everybody to abide by the law. Follow the law. And that's what he has to continue to do is to follow the law. And he gave them what he wanted. He signed an executive order not to split families up. And it still didn't do any good because the Democrats still hold out. Keep families together. And it's so funny how they're so concerned about illegal alien families. But what about the families right here in America? What about the people in California that's living in tents and the children are broken up from that? What about the children that's not getting three meals a day? What about that? They Think about home first. We cannot give people what we don't have. We cannot take care of the world. We have to take care of our all, and it's time to put Americans first. And he should continue to put Americans, America first, and follow the law. Amen. Thank you, girls, for coming on today. You know I love you guys, and I can't wait to see you again. And um, we'll talk again soon, you guys. Thank you so much for joining in today. Diamond and Silk. Thank you for having us. (laughs) I love my girls. All right. We're going to be back with more after this. Stay there. conversation with my daughter about making mistakes and not getting this Christian walk right. I had to explain to her that none of us are perfect, but we are all striving for perfection. Then I was listening to a song by 10th Avenue North called You Are More. 
The song really explained what I shared with her and reminded me that the enemy would like nothing more than to use the mistakes and things you've gotten wrong against you. But because of Christ, you are more than your mistakes. You are more and bigger than your fears. You are so much more than the choices you've made. And God's love for you never wanes. It never decreases. It never ceases to exist. Today, no matter what you've done or how bad you think it is, repent and rest in the forgiveness and love of the Father. Extend to yourself the same passion and grace that the Father extends. With a heart for the urban family, I'm today's urban woman, Tony Johnson. Connect with us at urbanfamilytalk.com. I'm David. It took a drunk of fighting and losing a sight in one eye for me to see that alcohol is wrecking my life. And at Teen Chives, I found the tools to leave that lifestyle behind me for good. If you know an adult or teenager who's struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge can help. Call us today at 417-581-2181 or reach us online at teenchallengeusa.com. This is Urban Family Talk. Coming next week on The Dwelling Place. Pastor Al Pittman continues to walk us through the Bible line by line and verse by verse to let God show us just how timeless His truth is. That's next week on The Dwelling Place. I'm not so certain we have as much time as many of us think. It's high time for the body of Christ to return with a fire lit up under us to proclaiming the truth of God's word, to proclaim the truth of sin and repentance and not coming from a high lofty position, but telling the truth as such were some of us. We have to do that. We have to. But what happens is, and I, I call this first world problem, uh, we have this epidemic of churchianity in America to where we are far more accepting and far more willing to embrace the trappings of church life, even if they're void of the presence and power and fire of Christ. And I would say to you, just as the Bible says, that we can have a form of godliness while simultaneously, at the exact same time, deny the very power of the gospel. Of the gospel. Of the gospel. Tune in to the Hamilton Quarter, weekday afternoons at 5 Central on Urban Family Talk. This is Stacy on the Right on Urban Family Talk. But I think most Americans would agree that we could use some reform. For instance, ICE targeting individuals who haven't done anything wrong, who are just, you know, housekeepers or working at restaurants. Those are individuals who are working their hardest to become a part of the American dream. And so abolishing ICE isn't realistic and it doesn't make any sense. So... Uh, welcome back to the show. Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. UrbanFamilyTalk.com is the website where you can go. Um, okay, so listen. Um, I'm not sure at what point the Democrats have gotten so far away from reality that it's okay to say you want to abolish ICE. But one of the things that ICE does is they stop drug traffickers. They stop drugs from coming into the country illegally. And in just one year, in 2016, they confiscated three times as much drugs from smugglers as was previously confiscated in one year. They did that in all of 2016. 
You can also go onto uh, a number of different government websites and find out the other enforcement activities that Immigration and Customs Enforcement takes care of. They're not just solely concerned with our southern border. ICE stops drug trafficking at our ports. They arrest individuals who are in the country illegally who've flown here, who are or, uh, participating in organized crime. crime. And they also work to, strap, work to stop human trafficking. Pardon me. So you've got all of that going on. And the Democrats want to abolish the agency over one issue, which is the southern border. Wouldn't it be simpler for us instead of abolishing ICE? And I'm a small government girl. Come on. You know, I'm right here over here with you. If you want to start talking about agencies we should get rid of, it's the Department of Education is where we should start. Education should be remanded back to the individual states so that we can have that experimentation and competition that will improve educational outcomes for K through 12 students across the country. That being said, ICE is not the agency that we need to be getting rid of. Can things be streamlined? Can things be worked out? Absolutely. That's what the governmental reorganization that you see from President Trump. He wants to reorganize government. He wants to put agencies back in line with what their mission statements are. He wants to eliminate duplication. He wants to move uh, things that are going on in one agency over to uh, the agency that's more appropriate for the the workforce and the mission. But I, I just abolish ICE. Stop the individuals who actually protect our country. Uh, Human trafficking. We're talking about people who are slaves in the modern era. That's something that when I was a kid, I was under the impression that slavery had ended, that around the world there were no more slaves. I mean, you kind of get the impression that America was the last country to ever have legalized slavery. And we, we were, you know, kind of late to the game getting rid of it, but we had a civil war to get rid of it, and we did. And it is illegal to hold a person against their will in this country. It's a federal offense. So. It's just kind of crazy. I just I just want people to start acting like they understand how wonderful it is that we get to live here and that we even have the government and the money coming into the government. We collect a record amount of taxes every year to fund our government. And part of the government that we're funding is going to protect our borders, to protect American citizens and to keep these illegal drugs out of the country. So let's talk about something having to do with that. Um, And obviously, it's a compare and contrast type of a thing. But I believe you have to dance with the one who brung you. And I know that's not proper English, but you understand the saying that that I'm referring to. You have to know who buttered that bread. It was it was it you or did you need you know, did you need a little assistance with that? And. As far as protecting the border, we Americans need our government to do that. And that's something that is remanded to the federal government in the Constitution. The protection of the homeland, the securing of the border, the maintenance of our national sovereignty. Those are all constitutionally federal responsibilities. Let's look, uh, let's look a little bit outside our country, but not too, too far away. The U.S. Embassy in Haiti is telling Americans to shelter in place due to the protests that are going on down there. You've got U.S. citizens, some of them students who are in Haiti doing relief efforts, and now they're actually told to shelter in place. You've got continuing demonstrations, roadblocks, and violence across Port-au-Prince and throughout Haiti. Violence and ongoing protests in the capital. They are basically said in an alert that was issued by the U.S. Embassy in Haiti, do not travel to the airport unless you confirmed your flight is departing. 
Flights are canceled Sunday and the airport has limited food and water available. So it's dangerous there. Now, you might be thinking, well, why? Why does that matter, Stacey? I mean, you know, they've had protests before. They've had violent uprisings before because people want to bring that same kind of behavior here to this country. It's not enough to just protest. It's not enough to vote. It's not enough to go organize and phone bank and make phone calls. Now we have to have violent uprisings here in America. If you listen to what some of these more radical Democrats are proposing, it's that we run around violently confronting people and just being absolutely demonic towards each other so we can replicate this kind of third world type situation here in America. We should be against that. There should be no way any American should want to participate in that kind of behavior. If, if you're on the left and you're sitting in a meeting or you're someplace and people are organizing and they start talking about, well, we're going we're gonna, to you know, corner this person they eat here regularly. We're going to corner them or we're going to approach this person at their home. We're going to approach their family members. We know where their wife works or, you know, we're going to, we're going to threaten their kids because they don't seem to understand. Now you've gotten outside of political activity and now you're in that kind of, you know, organized crime. That, 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 that's you guys sitting around organizing together to commit a crime. You should be wary of that. You should be, the minute you hear somebody saying we should, we, as a group of people, we should plan to approach an individual and their kids, that should be your red flag. You know what? I'm out of here. Let me know when you guys want to talk about phone banking, knocking on doors, you know, do, doing something that will bring us the results that we want at the ballot box. Because here in America, we have people stationed all over the world, 1.5 million troops wearing our uniforms across the globe some of them carrying weapons, some of them right now under fire by the enemy, some of them flying in helicopters right now doing missions, some of them embedded in other areas of the country, speaking a foreign language, some of them working as operatives undercover around the world. And you're telling me that those people who are out there writing that check, waiting for it to be cashed, knowing they could come here in a casket draped with the flag, knowing that there's going to be a 21-gun salute and their weeping family members will have to receive that folded flag and that's all they'll get of their family member besides the limited benefits that our government provides. You're trying to tell me that those people are doing all of that so you can be here at home organizing to turn America into a third-world country. If that's you, stop, check yourself, and then maybe you want to book yourself a flight to Haiti. That's where you belong. You don't belong here. This is not that place. It's organized crime. It's illegal. And if you're sitting up plotting on how to take people down at the gas station or at a restaurant, you've gotten it all wrong. We have people stationed abroad supporting and defending the Constitution of the United States. We have airmen right now, soldiers, Marines. We have people coming home in the back of C-130s draped in the flag. We have their family members meeting them at the airport. We have them being buried and put in the ground because they've given the ultimate sacrifice on behalf of this country. And they're not doing that so you can sit around like a crime family member and plot how to take people down in public because of their political views. So, again, and I know there are plenty of people who are veterans, who are Democrats, who absolutely don't agree with anything that I have to say, 
They don't have anything in common with me when it comes to politics. But I know we can agree on that. If you're a veteran, then you know good and well when you were on active duty, you weren't doing what you did. You weren't serving so you could have America turn into some third world country with armed insurrection and coups and violent changes of government. You weren't doing that. You, you weren't serving for that. That's not the Constitution you were working to support and defend. You didn't take that oath for that. And I know that because that's not why I did it. So it's time to reassess. And I understand how upsetting it is to be governed by people that you vehemently disagree with. What do you think we were doing with all our little Tea Party rallies and stuff when Barack Obama was elected? That wasn't because we just liked waving flags and sitting out in lawn chairs and getting all those permits. We did that stuff because we didn't like the people in power. We didn't want Obamacare. We didn't want the weak, limp-wristed, limp you know, uh, bowing down and scraping to all of these Middle Eastern leaders. We didn't want somebody who was a community organizer in charge of our government and in charge of the commander in chief over our military. But he was not just elected the first time. He went on to be elected again. And we did not chase people down in the street. We didn't we didn't accost people in restaurants and try to drive people out of public life. And the reason we didn't do that is because we knew that we could bring the pain at the voter box in the midterms. And so, and we knew we had the better ideas, but we also knew we didn't have people who were in our party who were really, truly conservative. And the proof that we were right about that was that the midterm shellacking that we delivered the first time didn't do anything, didn't do anything. So then we delivered another midterm shellacking, second midterm shellacking, second term of Obama, and nothing happened. And that is why when it came time to choose our nominee the last time, and I, you guys know me, I was late to the Trump train. He was the nominee, and then I jumped on. I was for Ted Cruz. But a lot of other Americans in the Republican Party were definitely all in for Donald Trump because they knew he wasn't a Republican, died in the wool, and taught how to speak and say things that he wouldn't carry through when he got into office. And so at every turn, we had the same. uh, Do you think nobody sat around and said, we ought to go do this? We ought to go do that. You don't think there was a whole lot of chatter on the little online chat rooms where people gather and we're in a militia and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And no, I'm not against militias. I know some people who are in militias and they're amazing people. But we did have fringe elements who tried to we're going to do some armed insurrection. And you know what happened? The FBI and the CIA investigated those people, and some of them were found to not to have done anything but talk big, and other ones were prosecuted. But for the most part, we were firm. We used our civic processes. And that's what I'm demanding of my good friends on the other side of the aisle. Use your civic processes and stop trying to run people out of bookstores. So just a couple minutes left here. Let's go to Zach in Mississippi. Zach, thanks for calling into the show. Yes, yes. Stacey, thanks for having me on. Um, sure. Now, um, my question would be on um, not so much a question, but it would be more so of a statement. In regards to uh, illegal immigration, what is rarely spoken about, and it's mind-boggling, it's mind-boggling and almost enraging when everyone's like, oh, my, the, the illegals, man, get them out. 
get him out, get him out. But what's crazy is every time I'm driving home from work, you see a construction site. And guess who is building literally everything, all right? Um, mm-hmm. So long story short, these people are not employing themselves. It's almost mm-hmm. as if we're being hoodwinked. Um, immigrants come and go where that's something that is nearly impossible to start. We've got millions here. More are going to come. But here's the hard part. Here's what the dominant society will not do, and it never gets spoken about, and it enrages me. They will never go out against the white men that are employing these illegals, all right? They are locking hard-working Americans out of real jobs, all right, mm-hmm. to benefit the working class, to benefit the elites, all right? They're not going to go to the good old boys sitting in the truck and be like, hey, what are you doing? They're not going to go to the kitchens and be like, hey, what are you doing? So it's almost as if they're using the immigration issue just to stay in power. But they're not going to do anything about it because you can't stop people from coming over. You're not going to do that. But I can tell you what they're not going to do. They're not going to go against the people that are employing them. So it's almost as Mm -hmm. if the viewers, um, the people that are listening to your show, they're being tricked. They're not going to do anything about illegal immigration. And it's hilarious to think about and to witness every day driving home from work or any construction site you see, it's all illegals. So I just want to say You know what, Zach? I got to say, and thank you so much for calling in and for saying that. I absolutely am against the Chamber of Commerce and establishment Republicans, people like uh, Paul Ryan, who want to continue that practice. We need E-Verify. But they're not going to stand with the president on that. That's where the president is really true to his word. He does want E-Verify, which would put a stop to that activity that you're talking about. And it is disenfranchising Americans, specifically minorities, who need those jobs. It's wrong. And I'm going to continue to fight against it. And thank you so much, Zach, for your truth calling into the show today. Guys, we're still live streaming strictly from my phone. That means no audio. Thank you so much for listening on the terrestrial radio side and at urbanfamilytalk.com. That's where you can catch the entirety of the show. We'll be back with more right after these important messages. 